everyone. My wife, my mom's still, my mom is scared because I'm on a diet. So I have to call her every day and tell her I'm alive. She thinks that they're going to kill me. Uh, I told her, I said, you don't have to worry about that. But if they do, Beth has an insurance policy, so she'll be taken care of. Going back to Ephesians chapter, I was on that last Wednesday. And hopefully I can finish this up tonight. Maybe. Brother, I'll tell you what, it's uh, just like he was talking, and uh, Brother Tom, uh, the devil wants to stop whatever he can in your life. Uh, and we don't think he's real, but he's just as real as he can be. Uh, Ephesians 4, 17. It's amazing. Uh, I, I see him in my life all the time. And uh, you got to let, let some stuff, sometimes you just got to walk away from that stuff and let it go. 4, 17. Uh... Actually, actually, I tell you what, let's go down to just for sake of time, because I've already read this. Verse 23, and it says, and be ye and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that ye put on the new man, which is after God created in uh, is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speaking every man the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that still still no more. But rather let him labor with his hands the things, uh, the things which are good, uh, that he might have to give to the, him which that needeth. Let no corrupt communications proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, uh, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit uh, of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Father, again, thank you for your blessings tonight. Thank you for the word of God. And Lord, thank you for a book that just, uh, Lord, if you read it, it keeps us out of trouble. And uh, Lord, it's just a blessing to be in the church on a Wednesday night. We pray for the, the stalls as they're on their way over to, or they're probably there now over to Pennsylvania, that you'd give them a good time, a couple of days off. And Lord, for the rest of us and uh, those that couldn't make it tonight that might be watching at home, I just pray that you'd bless them. And Father, uh, anybody else, Lord, that is, is in need, uh, that's in our hearts and in our minds, Lord, I just pray that you'd put them on our hearts to pray for them. And Lord, that you'd do work in their lives. Again, thank you for letting us come to church. And, and Father, bless the, the service tonight. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's an amazing thing. I've been watching this thing the last couple, two or three, four weeks. And uh, the devil's real as he could be. Uh, I've watched the Lord. He's told me some things about what I need to do. And he started working some things out in my life. And as he started working them out and I started listening, I watched him bring that stuff about. And the, the thing with uh, my brother over there at the VA the other day, I mean, the Lord made me start praying about him about a week ago. And I was praying for him earnestly, honestly. Uh, not that God would kill him or anything, but that he would help him. I said, Lord, I could be there at any time. And within a couple days, I'm standing in front of that guy. Uh, it's just me and him in the, the room. We're there together. And uh, we talk for about two minutes and walk away with a good conversation. And he asked if we could have dinner or lunch someday and get a cup of coffee. I said, sure, man, give me a call. And uh, I may even call him up. And I, I was sitting there, and as soon as he walked away, the Lord said, aren't you glad you prayed for him instead of getting mad? I said, yeah, boy, that, made, that, changed, the whole, that changed the whole attitude of what went on. Uh, the, the Bible there in, in uh, the very last verse in 27, uh, 427 says, uh, verse 27 says, and give, and well, not the last verse, but says, neither give, give place to the devil. Uh, that's about the truest statement you have. Our lives are set up uh, where you are, we are deceived on a constant basis. Uh, if you believe the government, I mean, I pity you. I pity you. Uh, but that's okay. I mean, they do tell us some good things. They say they're going to fix the roads, and eventually they do fix the roads. Uh, they do this, they say they're going to do this, but there's a lot of stuff, brother, and they just don't do, and, uh, and I don't trust them. I just don't trust them. I find it very hard to trust them. 
But I got a book in my hand that I trust. I mean, it's a, the thing just tells me what to do. I like Bob Jones Sr. He said, do right. Just do right. Doing right is the best thing you could ever do. Uh, doing right means that you have to do right in everything. And I'm telling you, I'm, that's rough. Uh, once you start getting the inside stuff done and the outside stuff starts cleaning up and you think, well, hey, I've arrived. No, you haven't. You've got the rest of your life to live. And guess what? You're always going to be on the backside of that thing. Jesus Christ was the Son of God, manifest in the flesh, stood before, before Pilate, could have called 12 legions of angels and didn't. Why? Because that wasn't the will of God. The will of God was that he go to that cross. You know what Jesus Christ did? He went to that cross. He did what he had to do. That was the will of God. So the, the lesson to be learned is always look at what the Lord Jesus Christ does and then look at what some of his key figures do. Peter, James, John, Paul. Paul wrote, wrote 13 New Testament books and he gives us a, a myriad, I mean a ton of information on the devil. However common, we don't listen to it. Uh, we hear it. Uh, it's, I guess we look at it like we do heaven. Uh, well, we know it's there. I saw it on my mom today, bro. I, I, get, I, I love talking to my mom. I really do. Y'all pray for her. Uh, I, I just can't believe that she spent 90 years in a church. She told me some great stuff today about me. I was great. I was happy. Uh, she goes, I used to go, she goes, when I was young, I tried to get you guys to go to church. She goes, and Michael, you would never even go in. I'm like, wow. I said, I was lost and knew it was messed up. <laughs> she, goes, she goes, yeah, you were young. You, I, you go to Catholic schools all the time. And I, didn't, I don't remember that stuff. She goes, you wouldn't even go in the building. You stayed outside. I'm like, well, why in the world would you let me stay outside? You're the mom. I was a kid. I said, don't you see a problem with that? And then she goes, well, I'm, I'm mad at God. And I said, hey, mom. I said, wait, 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 wait. And, and she's always telling me, my, my two sisters, older sisters, passed away young. One was 39, one was 33. One was tragic. They're, both of them were tragic. Uh, and to this day, she's still complaining. Now, my older one, I'm 64. I'll be 65 this year. Linda was um, uh, probably seven years older than me. Uh, so that would have put her right at about 72 right now. And so they took her, took, the Lord took her when, back in 94. And my mom's never got over it. I know it's, that's a rough thing, but she always blames God. And I, I just got sick of it today. Today, I probably shouldn't have, but maybe I had to go home. So says, let not your, I'm going to say that in a few minutes, let not your... Uh, be angry and sin, not let the sun go down on your, your wrath. And I'm not mad at her. But I said, Mom, I said, I'm tired of you blaming God. Well, but he knew. I said, no, wait a minute. I said, number one, you married my stinking dad. Number two, you married my dad. And neither one of you did right. I said, neither one of you. Now, this is how I talk to my mom. So don't, if you come to me, I'm going to talk to you the same way. If I talk to my mom that way, you're going to get it worse. I said, I said Mom, you did wrong. And your dad, my dad did wrong, and you raised us kids wrong, and then you stuck us out in the world wrong, and then my sister marries a guy wrong, and then things go wrong, wrong, and something happens, and now you're trying to blame God when it's your fault. Boy, click. <laughs> so I had Beth call her back a little bit, and uh, she's okay. She just, you know, she is, she's absorbing the truth, but she's having a very hard time at doing it. And I'm telling you, brother, so many times we want to blame somebody else for our lack of ability or our lack of willingness, willingness to do what we need to do. The title of this message is uh, uh, Making No Place for the Devil. You know what we do is we make a place for the devil, and we don't understand sometimes what we do to make that place. We call, we open it, we open the door. Uh, uh, 1 John 4, 1 says this, Beloved, believe not every spirit 
So there's spirits out there, and you're supposed to try them. It says, but try the spirits. That means you have to have some way of finding out if that thing is of God or of the devil. you got to find some way to do it. Uh, you can't just look at something and do that. Uh, I'll, I'll, let me finish this. He says, uh, because, uh, it says, uh, but try the spirits, whether they be or of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. You know what's wrong with this world today? Everybody knows. Then why are we all screwed up? Why is the world all messed up if everybody knows? I talked to my mom, I know all you're saying. I said, then why are you messed up at 90 years old? She shuts up. Then she goes back in the circle again. Well, I've read that before. I read that. You know you can lose your salvation. and you, you know, I don't believe in that rapture anyways. I said, fine. You don't have to. I said, I believe in it. I said, I'll see you on the way up. I said, I don't care whether you believe that or not. It doesn't matter to me. I said, I know what the Bible says. I'm just trying to tell you. I said, Mom, you don't, I'm afraid of God. I love God and I love the Holy Spirit, but I'm, I'm just, Jesus scares me to death. I'm like, how could that be? If you don't know enough about your Bible. They're the same. I said, I said if I was going to fear any of them, it would be, the, be God the Father. I said, Jesus Christ would love me and died for me. I mean, if I was going to look at one of the three, I fear, all, I fear all three of them. I said, I fear the Trinity as a whole. It scares me to death. It says, hereby know ye, verse 2, John 4, 2, 1 uh, John 4, 2, hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus is coming in, uh, in the flesh is of God. That's the first thing you got to have to get this thing right. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus has come uh, in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. When somebody says, I believe God, I believe Jesus Christ, and they won't follow this book, there's a problem with them. They don't really believe what they just said. It's just words, 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 words. They don't change. It's, it's just words. It's words out of their mouth. Don't mean nothing. It means absolutely nothing. You can say all you want all day long. Your life, you know what, what happens is your life uh, dictates or represents what you say, uh, what you think you believe. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Well, a lot of times, out of, you don't have to say a word. Out of your heart cometh your deeds, and you're going to be exactly what you're. And he told Peter, he said, you are, he told him, he said, you are of your father the devil. Talked to some people over there. And I'm sitting there going, whoa, what is that when he's calling them the devil? Well, he's saying that your actions are speaking louder than words, and you're going to do as your father said do. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Uh, Wherefore ye have heard that it should come, even now, uh, and, and even now is already uh, in the world. Ye are not, ye are God, uh, ye are of God, little children. But have, uh, and have overcome the world, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That verse right there means nothing to you at all. Zero. Once the devil gets a hold of your flesh. Just because the Holy Spirit's inside you, just because your soul is sealed into the day of redemption, just because your spirit is there, tied, ready to go to heaven, does not mean you don't yield your flesh to the devil. We open that door, brethren. We open that door. And a lot of times we're in a, in a world such out there that, that there's so much stuff that goes on. The eyes, man, the eyes get you every single time. 2 Corinthians 10 says this. I'm just going to read a couple verses, then we're going to go back to Ephesians. Uh, it says, for, our weapons of our, uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. you got to get that mind where it belongs. You know what? You know what this thing's about. Is, I'm, i got some other stuff on this, but this thing's about as dangerous as it could be. You know what it does? It shows you stuff, and all of a sudden you want to imagine something. Have you ever watched movie stars? Those guys aren't real. You do know that, right? They're fake. They live fake, phony lives, and they're all miserable, and they kill themselves. 
or they live their lives in, in, in a phony world, and you see them later on down the road. We see this thing, and we watch a fake world, and then we try to mirror our lives after a fake world. Our styles, our cars, our houses, our revenue, we all think we have... Brother, if at any given moment the Lord could call back and say, bam, uh, the rapture happens, we're out of here, everything you work for is gone. I'm not saying you shouldn't work for stuff. But I'm saying you should keep in your mind that the Lord could come back at any moment and get us out of here, and you should be ready for that. Casting down imaginations, number one, and every high thing that exalted. You know what you're supposed to do if you're going to keep the devil out? Keep pushing that stuff down, man, and down, and down, and down, and down, and do whatever you got to do. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You got to bring, your, your mind is a, it's a terrible thing to have. I don't know about yours, but mine races. It just races all the time. I'll try to go to sleep and get a nap. And my mind's just racing 100 different miles an hour. And I have to say, mind shut up, mind shut up, mind shut up, mind shut up, until I can force myself to go to sleep. You may not have that problem, but I'm telling you what, you let imaginations get in there. I was talking to a, a man yesterday, and, and he said some things, and he said some, that's another thing I hate about it. Texting is about the worst thing you could ever do. If you got something serious, if you're going to text and say, oh, that was, oh, that's a cute grandbaby. That's okay. I don't want you to think all texting is wrong. But if you got a serious matter, man, pick the thing up and talk to somebody. Because what will happen is you'll text three words, and most of that will probably be emojis or whatever, whatever they are. Uh, it'll be these little things in here where you, you I don't know, LOL. What is that? Lots of love or lots of laughs? Uh, later or later? I don't know what that is. Every time you ask somebody, it's something totally different. It means nothing to me. But I tell you what, if you got a problem, you know what I, what I found out over 43 years? This is what I found out. This is a devil, your mind's a devil's workshop if you let him have it. Somebody will say something, and you'll get a piece of a conversation, and you'll fill in the blanks. You say, oh, no, I won't. Oh, yes, you will, because I do. You know what I do? I pick the phone up and call him. My little grandson, uh, Alex, was over at the house the other day. Cassandra and Andrew were there. They were getting ready to leave. Alex was losing his mind. And he was just throwing a tantrum. That's all he was. That's all he was doing. And I said, Andrew, go on and leave. I'll, I'll handle this. I said, the chief is getting ready to come out of this guy. So Alex is about this big, and I'm about this big. So I can take him out. I already know that. I don't worry about taking it. Not only that, I got the oranges. He wants my oranges. He wants my sumus. I can't even have sumus on this diet, so he gets all my sumus. He knows that. Uh, he, he's, he's in line for that. But he's, he's, blowing, he's blowing it out. Then he throws himself on the floor. I pick him up, throw him, uh, get him to sit on the couch, and he wants to bury his head in the couch. <laughs> then I grab his head, and I turn it around eyeball to eyeball. And I said, you see me? You better shut that mouth right now, boy. And uh, Esther's over, and she's just laughing. And, and Beth is sitting there cringing like I'm going to kill him. And, and Bella goes, oh, my. <laughs> and I'm like, you watch me. And he turned his eyes. I said, look at me, man. Look at me eyeball to eyeball. I said, you want another orange? You better be good. They're my oranges, and I ain't going to give you nothing if you're crying like a little baby. But he just... <laughs> and every now and then he'd go like this. I said, get that bias back on me, boy. And you know what? He quit crying, didn't have a bit of problem after him. Uh, do you have any more problem after that? Yeah, he's in good, good shape. You know what you got to do sometimes? Get their attention. And once you got their attention, you, you can dial it back and, and work. Some people, the world is so crazy that they don't get their attention anymore. Well, don't do this, and they just go do it. No, you hit them with a brick. I don't know what y'all's problem are, man. In the Navy, I liked it, man. We could take away their, their, they couldn't leave the ship, man. All I had to do was call the quarterdeck and say, don't let that sucker off the ship until he does what I tell him to do. When I call you back, you can let him off. He'd come up to the quarter. Request, nope, you can't. Pedro said, you can't leave the ship. 
I told you, man, you're going to do what I tell you to do or else you're going to. I said, from eight to four is what we work. You get everything done between eight and four. I said, I'll get you out of here at noon if you get it done before noon. I said, but if you ain't going to, if you're going to play games all day long, I'll keep you here to midnight. Guess what? We had the best ship in the fleet. Everything worked. Why? Because I told them exactly what to do and they did exactly what we told them to do. Guess what God has done for us? He's told us exactly what to do and how to do it. Paul is sitting here trying to tell us some stuff. He says, our weapons aren't of this world, man. Your weapons right here. You're going to have to get to the point where you trust this thing over everything. That's what I told my mom. I said, mom, I told her that today. I tell her that every day. I, I, I hate the Catholic church because of what they're doing to people. But it's not the Catholic church only. It's the Mormon church, the Jehovah Witness church. Uh, half the other churches out there are doing the same thing. Methodist, Presbyterian, they're all doing the same thing. They say, come as you are and go as you came. You're supposed to change. I really hate to tell you that. Boy, that just sounds so... You're supposed to change and be more like Jesus Christ. They could not find any... You want a good example of that? Go to Daniel. Daniel's the best example in the wide world. Daniel, all he did was he got on his knees and prayed toward Jerusalem three times a day. They tried... 120 princes tried their best to, to get Daniel. They couldn't find anything. Daniel was the best worker... Daniel was before the king all the time. He was legally correct, uh, grammatically correct, uh, ecumenically correct. I mean, he was correct in everything he did. They couldn't find one thing wrong with him. Then they go in and trick the king to sign a piece of paper saying, if anybody asks anything of any other person other than you for 30 days, let him get thrown in the lion's den. And the king thought, hey, that's a really good idea. You know how easy it is for you to get suckered into what somebody wants you to do? I mean, you get 120 princes come up. Oh, king, how great thou art. Don't you wish somebody would just do that to you? Oh, how great you are. You're so great. Wonderful, wise, everybody all-knowing, uh, seeing eyeball and everything. I said, you know everything, king. Uh, nobody should ask anything of anybody but you. Hey, how about for 30 days, nobody ask anything? They were setting Daniel up. You know, that's what this world does, is try to set you up. That's what they tried to, try to do Jesus Christ. Daniel, you know what he does? He goes home and prays three times a day. And then they said, look, he did this. And then the king goes, whoops, I blew it. I choked. Daniel didn't quit doing what he said he did. You know what God did? He took care of him. That verse I read over, because greater is he that is in you than, is, than he that is in the world, that's conditional on you doing everything that you can right. If you don't do what is right, that verse will not apply to you at all. I like that verse, man. I try to do what's right. You, say, you come up and say, hey, Mike, this is wrong. You know what I'll do? I'll try to change it. If it's wrong, I'll change it. If you can come up and show me where I'm wrong, you got a Bible in your hand, don't come up and say you don't like my black shoes or my red, my little tassels on my shoes. I ain't going to listen to you then. Uh, but I'll tell you what, if you come up and tell me something and you can show me out of the Bible where that is correct, I'll change it in a heartbeat. I'm not so stiff-headed that I won't change it. you got to cast, because he says right here, he says, our weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not of the flesh, brethren. I, you can't get this thing in control. You'll never control this thing. It, it's insatiable. It wants everything. And if you let it go, guess what it's going to do? It's going to get it. It's going to go for it. And it'll, it'll lock your soul up inside you and your spirit inside of you. Uh, verse uh, 2, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen. 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of light. And no marvel for Satan himself. Now, we're talking about the devil, letting the devil in. Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. You couldn't, if Jesus Christ was standing on this platform and Satan was standing right next to him, you wouldn't be able to tell the two apart. You say, oh, yes, I wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. They would both look at, you know what you're going to do is listen to the words. 
And the words that's going to come out of Jesus' mouth is going to burn your heart. Just like the two on the road to Emmaus. He said, did not our hearts burn? Satan's, no, he's going to apply the flesh. He's going to get to the flesh. And if your flesh is saying, yeah, man, it's, I'm going to go kill somebody. I'm going to whoop them up. I'm going to do That's the flesh, by the way. I, I don't know how that is. I, I've been there before, been there, done that. Probably done it a whole lot more than I should have done it. But it's still the flesh. The only way you can tell the difference between Satan and God is that book. That book is it. You're fighting a real devil tonight, brother. You say, I go to work. Uh, man, I tell you what, I tell my wife, I, I go to work and, and man, there's just, I, I don't, I know I'm saying this, I'm going to get in trouble here. <laughs> they should have two places of employment for men and women. Men don't need to be working around women. And I tell you what, women don't need to be working around men. Uh, you say, oh, you're just, you're just sexist. No, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm all for all the women go to work and let me stay at home and take care of the babies, man. Y'all had the babies, and then uh, Beth could have had five kids. I told her one time, she goes, I ain't going to take the care of the books no more because all she did is spend money, and you don't find receipts. Says so that's your cue to say, amen. <laughs> she does that to me. I get lists all the time for receipts. I said, no, here's the deal. I said, if you don't want to work, if you don't want to take care of the books and you go out and get a job, I'll stay home and take care of the books. She goes, okay, I'll stay home and take care of the books. Well, that's a wise move. I told her if, if, uh, if reincarnation ever happens, if it was really true, I would hope that I'd come back as a female. <laughs> I'd find me some guy to take care of me, and I'd be done with it, man, the rest of my life. <laughs> Ladies, you're crazy, man. You go out and pick somebody who they can't take. You're crazy, man. You need to find somebody who can take care of you, and you can sit back and eat bonbons all day <laughs> and worry about your diet. <laughs> I'm kind of, I, I probably, that just probably got rid of everybody right there, but that's okay. Satan can transform himself in the angel light and look so nice and clean and holy and pure, and he's of the devil. You can always tell that, man. When somebody says something that offends you, you got to stop and say, why am I offended? Why am I offended? I'm here to make God look good, the Lord Jesus Christ look good. I'm not here to make me look good. And in the process of making him look good, uh, I'll make myself. 2 Timothy 2.25 says this. In meekness, here's... here's Here's where we come in. This is this tough one here. We're in a world today that is so messed up. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God preventure will give them, them, not me, them, uh, a repentance to the knowledge of the truth. You've got you to gotta accept the truth. And that they may recover themselves out of the snares of the devil. So the devil's got snares out there all the time, and he's trying to snare us into this thing. And he's trying to get the door open to let us in. Who are taken captive by him at his will. You know, the devil can take, lost or saved, the devil can take you in a heartbeat if he wants. If you open that door and let him in. You have the opportunity to keep him out, and that's through the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus Christ, and shutting the doors. You know what this thing is? This is a, Shakespeare said, I think I got the quote here from Shakespeare. I like the way he said that. Let me see if I got it here. I thought I had it. William Shakespeare, he, said, he once said this, the eyes of the, of the soul... The eyes, of the, the, the eyes are the windows to the soul. What you let come in here goes down into your heart, and it, it, it causes you to be what you are. You say, oh, no, I don't. Well, let me ask you a question. What kind of house you got? What kind of car you got? What kind of, how do you dress? Uh, how do you talk? Who do you want to be around? Uh, where did you learn that? Man, y'all got quiet all of a sudden. I don't hear pages turn. Thank you, Joseph. Turn in pages, man. Make some noise. Where did you learn that? You know what the Lord says do? Is do right. That's what Bob Jones always says. I like those words. Do right. Do right. What is right? 
what the Lord said, not what I think, not what you think, what God thinks. And what we should do is be in agreement with what the Lord says. Uh, I'm all for that, man. You know, it says abstain from all appearances. I told Beth, I said, I said, I got to lose some weight. She said, why? I said, because it's your birthday and I'm buying you. <laughs> the first 30 pounds is, is for Beth. The next one is for me. I can't even get in my clothes. I, I got to go out and buy new clothes. I'm sitting there looking at financial stuff. I said, this flesh, is, it's got to go, man. It's got to go. Because otherwise, I'm just going to get bigger and bigger clothes. You know what will happen in this world? That took me 30 years to get there. I still don't think I'm excessively fat. I don't think I'm obese, like the government says. But I know one thing. It becomes financial stuff. I've got to go out and buy all new clothes. And then I'm going to get fat enough to fit in them. Then eventually, out there, I am going to get obese. But I'm sitting there going, Lord, this thing is a bad testimony to you. If it wears me out, if I'm tired and my leg and all the medical stuff comes up, I'm not going to be able to do for you what I need to do. And if that happens, that's my fault. That's nobody else's. So I told Beth, I said, hey, this is your birthday. Uh, for your birthday, I'm going to do this. But really, it's for both of us. And she was all happy about that. And I said, we're going to get back down the way we were when we got out of the Navy. And people said, oh, you can't. Oh, yeah, we will. Man, it's terrible. You know what was sad? I'm, I was going to write a journal. But she gives me this bowl of, of oatmeal. And I look in, it's got like this much oatmeal in the bottom. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? I said, did you leave this out in the garage? Is this sawdust down there? I mean, did I actually get something in this bowl? Did you not clean the dish? She goes, no, that's your breakfast. <laughs> I'm like, you got to be joking me, man. You got to be kidding me. She goes, oh, yeah, you get, you get uh, macadamia nut milk in it, too, with, with a, two, spoons of, two teaspoons of, of something that uh, half and half to give you the fat you need. And I look at it, it looks like, it looks like just, it looks like something you left out for like a week. It's supposed to be oatmeal, brown sugar maple oatmeal. I'm like, what is this? I look at that bowl and I'm like, Beth, I said, I'm used to having a bowl like that. <laughs> now that's a bowl, man. And it's like this, it's like this, it's like a half a box of cereal. And then you take the box with you. So when you get the bowl down, you fill it back up. Now, if you don't think that, my brother, that's sin. That is, to me, that is, I, I look at it, I'll admit it, that's sin. Uh, I'm sitting there looking at this little bowl, I'm like, if this is what I need to lose weight, well, I'm really messing up with that other stuff. I said, really, honestly, so I talked to the lady on the phone, she's a doctor, I got a whole bunch of doctors, and, and she said, Mr. Elliott, what is your, th I said, 65 pounds. I said, I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do to get rid of 65 pounds. Because apparently, I didn't do what I should have do, done because I got 65 pounds I need to get rid of. You say, what? That is exactly it. I look at those meals that they give us, and I'm sitting there going, if this is what you should eat to lose weight, I said, then, then day by day, for 30 years, I did the wrong thing. And day by day, I picked it up where I shouldn't have picked it up. That's exactly what the devil does. He sneaks in there real slow and he does stuff to you and pretty soon you're doing things that if you actually take it to the Bible and look at it, uh, you wouldn't be doing those things. He said, let this mind be in you. Oh, uh, Philippians 2, 2, 3 says, let nothing be done in strife or vainglory. That means, that means basically, man, I mean, you should be in control and, it, and, and looking for the Lord's lead in everything. Brethren, we're Christians. We're not of this world out here. We're Christians, and we're supposed to be very observant and understanding what the devil's actions is in our lives and what we can do to other people. He says, let nothing be done in vain, uh, through uh, strife and vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others than themselves. 
Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might, and love thy neighbor as thyself. That's exactly what Paul's saying here. He said, look not every man to his own things, but every man also on the things of, God, of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. This is what Paul's saying. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. We're talking about the Son of God manifest in the flesh. Now you have to stop and think about that thing for a few minutes. You look at stars at night. You ought to go out to sea sometime. Get out there in the middle of the ocean or go someplace where there's no lights for a long, long ways. And you look out into the skies and you start seeing stuff. And you start seeing the marvels of God and the hand of God in this universe. I was watching a documentary on the black holes. Not black holes, they were talking about the universe. Uh, Hubble, the, the, and I think it was 1926, Hubble, when he came out, uh, he, he was the one who actually, the reason they named that Hubble telescope after him is, is they used to think the, our galaxy or our, our, our galaxy, Milky Way galaxy was it, that that was the universe. That's what they thought. Well, Hubble started looking out and he's seen a, another galaxy through the Milky Way. And when he did that, he realized that, hey, this thing is bigger. Well, the telescopes weren't what they should have been at the time, or they were now. And he's seen this out here and it started changing everything. And then they started building bigger and bigger telescopes, and now they see millions and millions and billions of galaxies, where that means the universe is infinite. And they're trying to figure this thing out with all the mathematics and all this other stuff, and they get out to, I mean, mathematics like you wouldn't even believe, and each mathematician built on the next mathematician, and he built on the next mathematician, on the next one, on Einstein, and all the way through until they came out with quantum physics, and they said, hey, in the beginning, the universe was. I'm like, I got that in my Bible <laughs> on chapter one. In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. And the earth was without. I said, I got it right there in the beginning. And what you're doing is going through all this other stuff, and they still can't put God in the thing. You know what that is? That's the devil. Every one of those men are as dead today. Every one of those men have gone the way of everybody else, and they lived their lives, and they, they passed away, and they seen the glory of God. And what they did is they attributed it to a mathematical formula and they didn't attribute to God. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, that's the devil. That's the devil. You say, well, we wouldn't have what you, guess what, man? You're right. We wouldn't have this today if it wasn't for some mathematician. That's a mathematical formula. You hold your hand. That's all that is. If you can mathematically figure this thing out, you'll get a signal to go through it. Mathematically, it'll transmit. It'll get to where it needs to be because it's going to be the right level and everything else. Mathematically, it's going to be set right. They're going to set a, a tower somewhere that this thing can pick up, and it's going to go through the system. Mathematically, it's going to work all the way through. That's a mathematical equation sitting in your hand. If we didn't have math, you wouldn't have that. Guess what? You wouldn't have about half the problems we got. I remember when we had old dolphin party lines. This is America. Y'all don't remember that. Party lines. Hello? You hear somebody click. They're listening to your phone call just so they can get some gossip. You must have been around at party lines. <laughs> She's over smiling. And you get, get off the phone, click. <laughs> and you get them off the phone, and you, a little bit later, you just click. <laughs> they come back on. You know what all that is? Technology, you know what they used to have to do? They had to get on a camel, and they had to ride somewhere, and possibly get a yes or no, and then ride back. And they had to go out and grow their own food, not genetically modified stuff. And they had to grow it, and they had to eat it. And they spent all their time trying to do that, and there wasn't that much trouble. It's only the people that lived in the cities. Ah, I better get back to this. I'm starting to meddle now. We spend so much time. Here you go. I, I, this is my own little saying. I got a verse here for it, too. We spend so much time trying to look good on the outside. 
You know what everybody does? They go around and they go after fashion after fashion. And they always want. Most people, I won't lose weight because I'm hurting my body. I'm not losing weight to get a six-pack or to be, be uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You ever see Arnold Schwarzenegger? The worst thing you'll ever see is Arnold Schwarzenegger today. <laughs> At one time, he's like this. Oh. Now he just looks like a raisin. I mean, I said, they're going to take my before and after shot, and I'm like, that's what I'm going to be, man. I'm 65. I'm not going to look like that again. Unless I go take a bunch of Botox or something, maybe. <laughs> then you're going to be like, <laughs> brother, why do you do what you do? The devil uses every bit of that stuff, man. He does. He gets us. He goes, we spend so much time trying to look good on the outside, we neglect the inside. If we get the inside clean, the outside will follow suit. It will. I can't tell you how many times over, over a period of time, you get somebody a hold of Jesus Christ, and you know what will happen? Their life will change. I liked that the other night when Joe, Brother Joe was talking about Paige, his wife. She gets saved. She's already saved or gets saved. Yeah, she gets saved, and then she quits her job. Why? Because they won't. She just got saved. She already knew some things. I mean, she had some, some information in the background. She knew some things of God. But, but she knew that, hey, if I don't do, I'm going to get saved. So she goes to a revival meeting, and she gets saved. And the next day, she probably goes into Coles and says, hey, can I get tomorrow night and the next night and the next night off because uh, they got a revival, and I want to go to the revival. And they said, no. She said, I quit, basically. Would you say that's about right? Yeah, she got, oh, she got right. There you go. So she knows some things, and she comes in. You know what? You didn't tell her to do that, did you? Did anybody else tell her to do that? You know what? In her heart, the Holy Spirit told her what to do, and she did exactly what, and God honored that thing. You say, so her background that she already knew. Joe told us all Sunday night, if, if, I, if I'm messing up on anything, go ask him, and he'll correct it, or y'all let him cover song lead, he can correct it at that point. But, I mean, you sit there and look at a young lady that will do that, and people say, oh, it can't happen anymore. Yeah, it can the Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants to do if we let him in. Guess what? If you open that door and let Satan in, he's got you too. You ever heard the story about the maniac of Gadara? <laughs> I don't want to be the maniac of Gadara. It turned out good, but I don't like all those years he had to live like that. If we just work out the outside, you get the following. Now, Matthew 23, 25, the Lord says this. Whoa, I like the woe ones, man. The woe ones are good. Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites, for ye make the outside, you may clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within you are full of extortion and excess. Making the outside look good don't mean a thing. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Out of your mouth, I can tell what you are. Out of my mouth, you can tell what I am. You say, I know, but hey. Verse 26, the Lord says, Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup, and the platter that the outside of them may be clean also. As soon as Joe's wife, Paige, got that thing right in her heart, she, she, she started making changes. And then somebody dumped some money in her hand because she, they like, that's impressive, man. I don't know about you, but I would give some money to that thing. That's the wonder we didn't take up an offering Sunday night for her. <laughs> I mean, that was good, man. I like that. I like stories like that. You know what she does? She goes out and spends the money to clean herself up on the outside. She already done the outside, the inside. I can't imagine Paige ever being anything but just what she is. But I'm sitting there going, she, she goes and buys a whole bunch of clothes so she can come to church. Now, brother, I'll tell you what that, you know what that is? That's the Spirit of God working in her life. I can't make her do that. You can't make anybody do that. It's the inside. That, that inside has to be there. You say, how do I know what the inside? This this tells you what the inside is.
And what you do is say, oh, man, I, I always think I'm a mess. I think I'm a total mess. So back, back here now, we get back into, uh, we're going to get back in our Bibles. He says, and be ye kind, verse 32, back to Ephesians. Go back to Ephesians. Back to Ephesians, and hopefully I can be done in just a few minutes. I doubt it, but I can always cut it off at any time. Ephesians 4. I think I'm missing a page here somewhere. I think I threw one away for too soon. Three, four. Ephesians 4, 3. I got just a little bit ahead of myself there, so I'm going to back up. Ephesians 4, 23. You say, how do I do that? Well, the Lord is telling you how to get the devil out of your life. You say, well, don't even let him in. Close the doors. Don't let him in. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Number one, that's the first thing you got to do. You got to get this thing right. Brethren, we, we live in a world, and the older you get, the worse it gets, but we live in a world that you think dictates you, and sometimes you just do what you do to survive or to get through to the next day. And if it doesn't match his book, I don't, you're doing, I understand. I understand we do things to get through, but if it doesn't match this book, it's wrong. It's wrong. And he says, you got to renew your mind. He says, and be renewed. So that means your mind can get old or get, get messed up. You got to renew it constantly. And, and get it in there and renew. I like, I like, used to work on computers all the time. I hate computers, but I used to work on them. And uh, I learned some valuable lessons. I'd call Compact. I'd call HP. I'd call Dell. I'd call all these companies. And I'd have equipment that uh, people would work on or I'd work on. And, and the first thing they'd say, did you add any new software to that book, that laptop? And I'd say, uh, I don't think so, but it could have. He said, well, what you want to do is, is restore that laptop back to factory conditions and call me back. And if that laptop or PC still has a problem after you restored it back to factory conditions with the software we gave you to put on it and nothing else, then I'll send you parts out to fix it. If it's a software issue, it will work the way it was supposed to work. It is not our responsibility if you added something into that that made it bad. You know about 99.999% of the time, that's what the problem was. I'd do exactly what those guys told me. I would reload the original software back on it. Sometimes disc after disc, you had to first make all the discs. And then, you, I mean, you're talking about pain. I used to, floppies, if y'all don't know what floppies, I mean little floppies. I used to actually have the five and a quarter floppies. And then I went, those are like 60 of them suckers. Then, this was for back when you had DOS, uh, Windows 3.1, 31. Uh, and you, then you get the three and a half ones. And I'd have a stack of them. Beth used to laugh at me. I'd sit down in the basement, man, I'd just one right down there. And you reload Windows back on this thing. And you get it all back up, all the drivers are there, everything works. And it runs like it should, and you go, that's what the problem was. You know what we do in this world? We let things in that shouldn't be in our lives. And you got to get, sometimes you got to reboot that thing back to the original. You got a Bible sitting here. You renew your mind. Romans 12, 1, we've heard this. We've heard this verse a thousand million times. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. You're, you're to present your body a sacrifice like Jesus presented his. That's what we're supposed to do. Uh, this, isn't, this isn't something old. I, I could, brother, I'm sick of going to churches and we're all sitting there, you know, trying to make everybody happy and joyous as they walk out the door, but we're not changing. Uh, the world is getting worse and worse and worse, and we're on the verge of World War III over there. If, if something goes wrong, man, you got a wacko nut over there that can push it. I think his button's going to be blue because he's going to blow up America. But, but he's got a button over there, and if, if they let him do it, you know, I don't even think his missiles work. I'll, I'll, I'll ensure it. If nothing else he has works, I seriously doubt that the complexity of a launching system that he has to have to launch missiles works either. So, I mean, he'll, they'll probably come out and go poof right down on the ground. 
Uh, I seen some other photos the other day where they were showing these new hypersonic missiles he's got, and they're laying on the ground. They didn't get too far. Uh, but anyways, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Not to the world, to God. It takes a while to get that. It's not something you do overnight. You've got to understand, first of all, that I've got to do that, and you've got to start working for it. And guess what? It takes your whole life to do that. Uh, it says, uh, and be not conformed to this world. So then you got to look at this world and say, well, hey, you're in the world, but not of the world. You gotta, you're here. You're here. you got to work. you got to live. But you can't become part of it. I can't conform to what they're doing. If you, if you even watch the Kardashians, you're sick. You have got to be messed up. And some of those other people on, on The View. <laughs> ah! Whoopi Goldberg going to give me a political statement? I'm sorry, brother. I, I'm just too political. I should get back to this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm done. <laughs> it's great. And be not conformed to this world. That's what happens when you watch that, idiot, that, that blue tube. They used to call it the one-eyed monster. But you watch that thing, and you're, you're letting your mind get conformed. That's what you're feeding your mind. You say, Mike, why do you always say we need to read our Bibles? Because you need to read your Bibles. They said, I think, I think we spend seven to eight hours a day in front of that stupid tube. I'm so used to noise, I'll turn ours on, and I'll go to sleep. Beth will come over, turn it off, and wakes me up. I'm like, what did you do that for? Because the rest of us had to listen to it. We didn't want to listen to it. I said, well, I need, so I need to go have my own little man cave where I can just have a TV in there that I can turn on and go to sleep. I'm used to noise. I mean, the ship is just full of noise. Uh, he goes, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. you got to renew this thing. you got to renew it. And what you do, the Lord told me to read my Bible twice a year. I said, why? I don't even read it once a year. He said, read it twice a year. That, that's been the best thing I've ever done in my life. And I knew my flesh. I knew my flesh was going to do it. I said, if I won't read it through once a year like I should consistently, I won't do it two times a year. So it says, I'm, I read my Bible. It says, don't make a vow unto God unless you can keep it. I said, Lord, I will not preach unless I'm caught up in my Bible reading. You know, I've caught myself, I have to admit to you, I've caught myself a couple times that I was, I messed up because you know how you read, and it, my program says I read this to this. Well, sometimes uh, Psalms and Proverbs will mess me up because I have to read on like February, uh, it's only 28 days, so you're going to have to pull three more Proverbs in there somewhere. So usually I go on the 15th, and on the 15th I'll read the 15th and 16th, but if that falls on a Sunday, I mess up because if I don't catch that, I don't actually read it. I, I come home and the Lord says, you didn't read all your Bible. He said, I bless you anyways because you didn't know it. It was a sin that you didn't, it was ignorance, sin of ignorance. That's in the Bible too. He, came, he cut me some slack. But I, I told him, I said, I know my flesh. And if I don't do that, I won't do it. I won't do it. So I'll go down there, I'll make sure I'm caught up. You say, why? Because it renews your mind. And as much stuff as you get in your mind on a daily basis, this helps get it, get it out. It says, uh, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. You can't prove it without renewing your mind. If you think what you're doing is right and it don't match a book, it's wrong. It, that's simple, it's just as simple as that. If you think what you're doing is right and you got verses for it and you're taking them out of context, guess what? That's wrong too. If you come to this book to find something to prove what you think, it's wrong. If you come to this book looking what for God says and he shows you and you get your prejudices out of the way, you know what prejudice is, right? Preconceived notion that it says something it didn't say. You got to be honest with yourself. When you, when you come to this book, guess what? You got to be honest. Now, 
You say all that to say what? Be renewed to the mind. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. That's true. Not a lie. True. True. Whatsoever things are lovely. I have to fight that, man. I got that Jacob in me. I give stuff away. I give it away because I know the Jacob in me. Whatever is true, whatever things are honest. Man, I like policemen when they pull me over. I said, I said, I'm guilty. He comes up to the car door. I said, I'm guilty. I'm not necessarily sure always why he pulled me over, but if he pulled me over, he's right and I'm wrong. You know why? Because in this world, the police get blamed for everything. And that man just isn't going to pull me over just to pull me over. I did something wrong. Most of the time I know it's speeding. Big fat foot right here. I'm guilty. You know what puts them under conviction too? Then you tell them you're a preacher. Don't go up and tell somebody that you don't know what went on and you're a preacher. That would be the lies. I'm a Christian. What did I do wrong? Well, which one do you want first? <laughs> that's, that's what they do to me. Whatever everything is true. Whatever thing is honest. I got more tickets doing that. Man, you can just, I, got, I got a couple of them too. I hate them. Uh, them uh, camera things, because you don't get out of those, you just pay them. You might not get points off your license, but you still pay that fine. That's a messed up thing. That's got to be against the will of God. Uh, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure. You know, the Lord's looking for some pure things. The devil don't care about pure things. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there's any virtue if the, and if there be any praise, think on these things. That's how you clean your mind up. You get on these things, not on those things. Those things, man, will just cause you nothing but trouble. Y'all get off of quiet, man. I'll shut up. I'll tell you what, I'll shut up because Joe's in Philippians 2.1. I'll do this. I'll stop right here. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. That means vanity for me. That means vainglory. I'm looking for vainglory. I'm, I'm going to be right, you're going to be wrong, and I don't care what you think. That's wrong. You know, if you're trying to help somebody... Uh, the best thing, I like, I like uh, some old preachers I know, man, uh, they'll, they'll call and they'll talk to you, and they'll try to see where you're at, and then they may or may not say nothing to you. I've got a couple of preacher friends, i got one in particular, <laughs> but he'll call and tell me exactly what he thinks. That's a, that's, that's a friend. And, and uh, I'm telling you, man, he, he doesn't play no games with me. He just right in my face, and this is your, this, this is your problem. And uh, I'm, I'm now full-time pastor because of what he did. He came in here and said, what do you want? I said, tell me what's wrong, you. I'm like, well, I'm just buying your lunch, man. What do you mean calling me? I already knew that was a problem anyways. If you come up to me and say, Mike, what's the problem? I'm going to say this right here. That's what it is. It is. He, says, uh, he said, but let this mind, verse 5, Philippians 2, 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, who being in the form. You have to change this mind. And, and you got you to first say, wait a minute, is my thoughts right is my actions right? If you don't, what you do is you open the door for the devil to come in. You're opening that door. I open that door when I know what is right to do and I don't do it. When I want it, brother, the flesh wants, oh man, it just wants stuff. It just wants it. It wants it, it wants it, it wants it. It just, I don't know about yours, but mine does. I like White Castles. You know what I did uh, Saturday before we started this thing? No, Friday, last Friday. I stopped by White Castle and got me six White Castles and a big fry. I said, because I ain't going to be able to get none until five months from now. And I had all the evidence in the front of my van just piled over there, man, a bag full of stuff. I said, I said if I'm going to go five months, I said, I'm going to have some White Castles before. Not just four. I'm going to get six this time. <laughs> and I should have stopped and got ten. I felt bad for two days. 
But I'm telling you what, man, his flesh is like, stop, stop. It'll be okay. No, it won't be okay. Yes, it will. No, it won't. Yes, it will. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I wasn't too renewed in my spirit that day. <laughs> but made himself with no reputation. And I read that a few minutes ago. We, we make the outside clean. I'll stop right here. We make the outside clean. And, and the Lord's not really considered about the outside. He don't care whether you're rich or poor. He could care less. What he wants is that heart. And he's going to go for this thing right here. And the devil's going to do the exact same thing. If he can get you to open that door and let him in, he's going to get it. Brethren, I'm telling you, every single thing we do, everything you do from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep counts. And if you, if you don't think it does, it affects someone else. And when it affects someone else, you're, you're, and especially if it's a brother or sister in Christ, you're affecting Jesus Christ when you do that. That scares me to death, man. That scares, I, I can go over story after story over 43 years the Lord has done, kept me out of trouble, that I could have gotten in trouble just that fast. And the other day when I seen that brother, I said, man, that guy's in trouble. And I, I just started thinking about it over the years. I said, Mike, you could have been in that same trouble many times over, and the Lord got you out of it. And you ran. You know, uh, there had no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that. You're able. So you're able to be tempted. But will with the temptation, he says, there's no temptation taking you with such a common man, but God is faithful. We will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. But will with the temptation uh, also make a way of, uh, let's see, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Sometimes you just got to run. You run. Bark, bark, bark. That's, I'm chicken, man. I'm chicken. My flesh can't handle it. I'm out of here. Why? Because my flesh can't handle it. You know, God shows you that stuff. Uh, we're not all superhuman. And the devil is bigger than all of us put together, and you're not going to win. And I'm not going to win, you're not going to win, and the Lord says, you got to let me have it. The battle is mine. The battle is mine. You know how you do that? You keep that door shut. You say, well, the door is open. Shut that sucker, man. Close, pull the blinds down, shut the, shut the windows, lock the doors, do whatever you got to do. you got five senses. you got your eyes, the nose, the ears, the mouth, and the touch. And that's how the devil gets access to you. And what you can do is you shut those things down. And I'm telling you, this thing is a handy unit, but if it's causing you a problem, you need to shut that thing down. If it's causing you to do things you shouldn't do, you ought to shut this thing down. I'm telling you what, this thing is a deadly thing. Guess what? The whole world is. Billboards are. I remember a missionary friend of mine over in Croatia, and we'd go down the road, and he'd make his kids get down in the floorboard because billboard, their billboards were nasty. Uh, but they thought, oh, that's... I had, a, I had a lady over tell me one time that I was too stiff because I was American. Because I did want to go on a nudist beach. Sorry, I'm Christian. Don't, don't care to go down on a nudist beach. All the other sailors were like, send me, send me. I'm like, fine, you can go, man. I don't want to go. I'm not going. You say, what'd you do? I went up to the USO. And some old, some old lady up there saying, you're too, you Americans are too stiff, man. You need to be free. You mean Sinners? Is that what you're saying, sinners? Wicked as, as the day is long? That's what we're supposed to be? No, I don't think so. You know what the devil is? He's out there to get you, man. He's real. He's real. He's real. He's real. You say, you say well, you're taking everything away from me. I'm not taking nothing away from me. I'm telling you what, I have a good time. I've had a good 43 years being saved. I like being saved. I like serving Jesus Christ. I don't like, I don't like being on that other side. I don't like being on the streets. I've been on the streets. I don't like that at all. I like what Jesus has. I've been there for 43 years. I like that side. This side over here is of the devil. That side over here is good. I don't like scripping and scrap, scrapping for everything I get out here on the streets. I love Brother Siler when he let me go on the bus routes. 
He let me go down to first, third, second, third, fourth, fifth street, down there, run up and down them streets. And I see, I said, that's the way of life I used to have. I don't want that no more. I said, this is what I want. <laughs> you say, you ain't got a lot. I don't want a lot, man. I got everything. I got a wife, got five kids. I said, I got a diet program. I said, what more could I possibly want? I, ha I have to be on a diet because I've had so much. That's a blessing, curse and a blessing. But I've never had to worry about food. I've never had, you know what? The Lord's taken care of me for 43 years, but he's run me through some things too for 43 years. And he showed me that the devil could get me at any moment if I don't watch out. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, no, 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 no. Keep me out of trouble. Keep me out of trouble. He said, keep your eyes on heaven. Keep your eyes on me and do right. That means in everything, do right. I'm going to be like Daniel. You want an example? I'm going to be like Daniel. If they're going to find something against me, it's going to have to be against my God. It's not going to be what I do in the stupid world. I'm going to pay my taxes. I'm going to do what I have to do. I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of Esther's car. They want to charge a hundred. They want to charge three or four times the amount of money for her stinking license tags because it's half electric. I'm like, why? Well, because we can't get you, can't get you the gas pumps anymore. So I'll get you at the tag. I said, we're going to get rid of that car, man. It's all gas. Everything's gas. Fossil fuels pollute the world. <laughs> Do whatever you want. I'm just saying, man. I, I hate spending money. And you know what the devil wants is to have you spend money. And he wants to get you, so, and everything is out there. You need this, you need this, you need this, you need this, you need this. And all those mathematicians, these were brilliant men. I would not even be able to stand next to them. I would probably never even be able to get in the same arena where these men were. That's how brilliant these men were. But they lived and died and probably went to a devil's hell, knowing the truth about mathematics and the truth about some of the stuff in the universe, and never gave God the glory for that thing. And I'm sitting there going, all that was was the devil. Father, thank you for your many blessings tonight. Lord, the devil is so real, he can come in our lives, Lord, at any given moment if we open the door. Help us to close that door. Lord, I know that some of us have done things probably that we've let him in, and, and Lord, we can always get him out, push him out, Lord. And the only way we can do it is like what you did in Matthew. Uh, Lord, you, uh, you gave him scripture three times. He can't handle the scriptures. And the th third time you gave him that, which was a charm, Lord, he left. Lord, you gave us the, the formula for doing it, and Lord, all we have to do is do it. Uh, Lord, help us to read our Bibles and, and get that stuff in our minds and renew our hearts and minds, uh, Lord, that uh, we can keep him out. Lord, the time is short, and there's people out there that need to hear the gospel. There's people out there that need to change their lives. But Lord, if we won't change ours, uh, Lord, we'll never be able to get the blessing of God on our life to do anything. Lord, you said, grieve not the Holy Spirit, quench not the Spirit. Help us to do that. Lord, I believe every person in this room tonight is saved, Lord, but... Uh, we need to get some things right so that uh, we can be servants to the Most High. Again, thank you for tonight. Bless the uh, rest of the service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.